Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And this is episode 380. And you know you what, what happens in episode 380, Daryl? What happens in episode 380? You don't pull a gun on Superman's wife. No, you don't. So, uh, yeah. All right. So this week on the show, we... Uh, we're, we're, we've, we just got the we got the old regulars again. I feel like I feel like this week is another warm blanket of reviews. We're talking about the Mandalorian, uh, Ted Lasso, which kind of found its step again, in my opinion. Soups and Lolo, which also found its step again, and Picard, which I think did more in a penultimate episode than any show on television in history did in a penultimate episode this week. Uh, that's not penultimate. Yeah, there's only nine episodes. Oh, there's only nine episodes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he said, because yeah. I was thinking, okay, this there's a lot to there's they have a lot of time to do. They have a they they, they have a lot that they have to finish, but they they made up yeah. a bunch of ground. Oh yeah, they did. They so. they absolutely did, which I was very very happy about, mm-hmm. especially well because they need to do. It's like what is what is happening here? What are what are you doing, guys? Yeah. Um, I was just more happy that we it was uh, back to the season three quality that we had seen before. Yes. Oh no, there are actually there are actually two more episodes. What? I, Hold on, let me double check. Yeah, it says uh, episode nine and then episode ten. Is oh, the last okay, there we go. So that episode ten wasn't on there before. Okay. Okay, so ten episodes. So the penultimate to the penultimate episode. <laughs> You just wanted to use that word, penultimate. I mean, penultimate is a great. Just say penultimate. You can't say it and not smile. Okay, now I'm gonna. Now we're gonna do a Ted Lasso. Penultimate. 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 Mufasa. 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 Anyway, all right. Let's uh, let's hop right into enough with the pleasantries, Daryl. Now it's time for the main event. <laughs> let's hop right into the Mandalorian. Um, and before we start talking about the Mandalorian, uh, Star Wars Celebration is happening. I, for one, don't care. <laughs> um, so I did I did see some of the news that they announced, though. They're doing three movies coming out. One is going to be directed by David Filoni, which will um, be a culmination of the Mandoverse. Um, I'm curious if they're going to put that in the, in the theaters, though. Yeah, and instead of just having it on, just on De Plus. Um, yeah. The next is the first or uh, Dawn of the Jedi, which is directed by James Mangold. So, if the quality of Indiana Jones Five, from what we've seen and heard so far, is indicative of what James Mangold is doing these days post Logan, fuck that guy. And then the last one is a direct sequel to The Rise of Pooh Walker. <sighs> It happens 15 years after the rise of Pooh Walker and Ray is doing Luke's job, rebuilding the new Jedi order. And that is directed by Shareem Obadi Chinoy. Who did Miss Marvel, who has only done Miss Marvel. And she is listed on her Wikipedia as a Canadian activist, journalist, filmmaker yes. in that order. So you know what that tells me? She's listed as a douche, an evil douche, and we're just throwing this in there because we need to make it sound like she can actually do something. Um, no, like this is this is the this is where we went wrong the first time with all of this shit, and I like I all right. Uh, the Ahsoka trailer came out that goes along with this news. Dave Filoni has obviously forgotten the timeline and. <laughs> I yeah um I, I, I don't know what do you think <laughs> so I actually I am very intrigued by the Ahsoka trailer I am not getting my hopes up though I love Rosario I really like Rosario Dawson I saw Ray Stevenson in it which he looks pretty badass I that other female Sith or yeah. what ha- whoever that whoever, was whatever I, it is yeah I mean, I hope she's not like another Reva, and she actually has a, a decent backstory. But again, I mm-hmm. Ahsoka's intriguing. 
I'm not giving my hopes up, especially after we talk about Mandalorian and what I think of this season so far. Mm-hmm. The Ray, uh, I don't know if I sent this to you or to somebody else. I really, really, really like Daisy Ridley. I loved what Ray could have been. Mm-hmm. I liked her in The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. They ma- The mistake they made is she never should have won that fight, even though some parts of it make sense mm-hmm. as far as how... Mm-hmm injured kylo ren was right after that it was just a tr- it, they just went downhill with her again right. nothing to do with daisy ridley funny enough james mangold's one is the one that i and again this is not saying much i have probably the most faith in one because it is away from the timeline sure. that we're working in now sure. two if you look at some of james mangold not not counting indiana jones that this might change based on what i see from that but, you know, he I loved him and what he did with Logan. The Wolverine, it sucked, yeah. Night and Day, eh. 310 to Yuma, I thought was great, even mm-hmm. though it was a remake. Walk the Line, good. Kate and Leopold, that's one of my, like, guilty pleasures back in the early 2000 rom-coms. I mean, Ford versus Ferrari is great. Like, you know. Yeah, I still like, want to see that. There, I, there's, there, there's nothing. there. The, the problem, right, okay, the, 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 the problem with this is he's going he's going to have the ability to set the lore for the jedi and so this is the thing about that and this is why i i understand your concern but as as a movie in and of itself that's because it's it's the least constrained as far as how bad disney has done mm-hmm. these star wars movies mm-hmm it has the most potential. That is a concern too. Just yeah. like I said with the Indiana Jones, how he handles the Indiana Jones thing will tell you how he handles a property that has been yeah. decades in the making and has millions upon millions of fans. Right. What he does with it. So that's why I think Indiana Jones is hugely important for my expectations on what they do with you know, his, what is it? The Dawn of the Jedi or something the like that? The Dawn of the Jedi is what I think they're going to yeah. base on. The other thing that they're doing here is they're taking the Legends material. Oh, and picking and choosing. And raping they're, it. They're just like, I, no, no. Yeah. They're raping it. They, they are. They're they holding are, it down and against its will, raping okay, it. Okay, South Park. <laughs> okay, they're trying South to, Park. they're trying to transgender <laughs> the Legends into Disney <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, I thought. I thought there was just going to be chaos over here. Oh, Somebody yeah. got caught in the wires. <clears throat> well, that's what he gets uh, for getting in the wires. But, Cooper. But, yeah, I, that is my I concern. still can't believe you named your, your, your cat after the best Manning. I think that's great. Oh. <laughs> Only he was two years old when I got him. So, so that was his name. You kept his name that someone else gave him? How are you? How, yeah. You're supposed to exert your dominance over your cat. That explains <laughs> so much. So, so much. Anyway. All right, so there's more stuff that'll come out about celebration. Like we were going to talk about WrestleMania this week too, but that just fucking sucked at the end. So um, let let's talk about something that well, it's, mostly. It's sucked. not even just WrestleMania. Well, it was yeah. WrestleMania into Raw, which yeah. it's just a nasty taste after a brilliant first night of WrestleMania. Yes, absolutely, minus the opening match. Um, what opening match? I, I mean, when Austin Theory was wrestling himself, apparently, because oh. you couldn't you couldn't see his <laughs> opponent, apparently. Anyway, oh. all right. Uh, this is Chapter Twenty Two: Guns for Hire, directed by Dallas Bryce Howard, written by John Favreau. Um, and so, Bo Katan, Din Djarin, and Grogu head out for the idyllic planet of Pfizer Fifteen. Um, that's not the name of the planet, but it's what it looks like. So and this episode was probably f- sponsored by Pfizer at this point. Uh, they're trying to get uh, Bo's former Mandos to come with them and, and retake Mandalore. Um, but we find out that they're now led by Axe Wolves, who, let's be honest, was kind of a bitch last season. Like, I would have been more convinced it was Casca Reeves. Mm, yeah. Mercedes yeah. Renato. AKA Sasha Banks, AKA Mercedes Monet, who would have been the, the HBIC. Yeah. But whatever, you know, um, okay. So let's, 
Lizzo's in this episode. I did not know who that, I did not know it was Lizzo. Like someone had to tell me. Cause I knew about, yeah. it took me about a minute to, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know I've seen that face and I'm like, is that Lizzo? So, and again, this is where not just Star Wars. I think I texted you and said, is that Lizzo? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is where I have problems when you would, and again, this, this is also when you have a, a star in a, as a, you know, in a cameo role or whatever, mm-hmm. and it takes away, it takes you out of the role, out of the, whatever it's going on. I, it took me out of the episode, which it wasn't their fault that they were the star. This it's is what Jack Black the episode, does though. Jack Black exactly. takes you out of the episode whenever you're watching yes. it. Yes. Plain and simple. And again, if there was a better episode around it, it wouldn't have been as jarring. And that's another thing. Yeah. Um, there's there's yeah. like eight minutes of this, eight to ten minutes that I thought that I was that I liked. I and told you. I, else, there's 13 minutes because I timed it. I liked the first five minutes and I liked the last yeah. eight minutes. Yes. Everything else in between, again... It was very similar mm-hmm. to the what was it episode three? Yep. And which was also very similar to episode three of The Last of Us, where you had the first five or eight minutes, it was Joel and Ellie, mm-hmm. and the last eight minutes Joel and Ellie, mm-hmm. and in the middle, nothing, stuff that this didn't matter. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but I will say this: the five minutes that we saw at the beginning, like when they were flying into Epcot Center. And, you know, the ship got taken over and they're trying to be all covert and sneaky about it. And they get caught up in the in the, the tractor beam, essentially. Uh, whose ship is that easily hacked, by the way? Yeah. Like, that, that, was, where... that was a big problem for me. It's like, they need some serious cybersecurity updates. Um, yes. Oh, and, and bounding was, like, really harping on that. It's yeah. like, okay, you, you know, harp on all the other stuff. that that And they were talking about a... What did they say? A they're talking. They were comparing it to the holdo maneuver, and I'm like, no, oh, it's no. not because you can. I mean, they're every almost pretty much every sci-fi film you have a chance of being hacked. You know, if you right. especially if you think about technology. But to your point, that was kind of easy. It was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. It just got slaved in there just like so quickly and yeah. easily. Yeah. So um, there was that. Uh, Captain Bombardier, uh, one Christopher Lloyd, I think was grossly underused. Um, the one thing I did like about him is he was like, Dooku was misunderstood. He made some valid points. Yes. Um, so Dooku got his Magneto moment, um, which I, I thought was great. Uh, Grogu got knighted for cheating (laughs) for, uh, for the Duchess which was which was stupid um the droid bar had the chance to be interesting and it just didn't it just didn't get there um you know in the the nimoidium or whatever the the nano soup whatever it was called that they were taking um yeah through the maintenance fluid it's like okay like you know, they're trying to give the droids personalities and everything, but then it's like, oh, but they're e- again, they're easily hacked by these nanobots that they get from the droid bar where they go to get oil baths. <laughs> oil crown. It, it, it's just one of those mm-hmm. where once again and this is the problem when you you we have two episodes left. Uh-huh. And how much of these last couple episodes have we gotten truly Din and like Bo? Because again, let's mm-hmm. be honest, this is a huge story for Bo. It's the Bo Katan show I don't, now. Yeah, which again, I like Bo Katan. I like Katie Sackoff. And they're 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 kind of this is kind of a payback for when Din took over basically was the best part of Book of Boba. <laughs> right. It's like, hey, by the way, now now we're doing it to you. <laughs> See um, how it feels. Right. So let, let's uh so they're going through their thing. Din uses the black saber. He still can't use it. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? Like it's still yeah. like it's so heavy. <laughs> um and then at the end he hands it to Bo and she's like, got it. It's it's good. We're bonded. This is my baby. 
Um, well, that's how she handled it. What was it last episode or episode before last when she saved him? Yeah, when she, she saved him from like the yeah. uh, from the general grievous monster. Uh, yes. So okay, so we get to the end. Like let's let's just like they do what they need to do. It is a side mission to a side mission to what is already a side mission. Um, they get they get what they need. They take Grogu. They go to the to the Mandos, and they're like, "What's up?" going to Mandalore. I'm in charge again. And he's like, bro, I'm in charge. And she challenges him to a duel. All that was missing was her taking her gauntlet off and smacking him in the face. <laughs> so here's my question. They made such a big deal about the pauldron with the Mandalore. Um, not the Mandalore. The Mythosaur on it, right? Mm-hmm. right? Not one of them was like, why do you have a new pauldron with the Mythosaur on it? Very I feel point. like that would have been a big deal. Very, very good point. Um, so there's that, um, especially cause it doesn't match the rest of her night owl aesthetic. Uh, right. Um, to like talk about the diversity Olympics of Mandalorians, <laughs> maybe they should all just keep their helmets on. Dude. I thought they, that again, one of the first things I, when I saw that, I just said, wow, do they mm-hmm. have every freaking so checkbox i half expected to de- see dylan mulvaney prance out like hello mandalorians this is day 32 <laughs> of mandalorian hood <laughs> fuck you um you know there there's all all of that but i, I will say the fight was really good like the the the, the, I, the tension between her and axe was great he was trying to kill her and she was just trying to like will you yield sir Yes. I do not yield, madam. Um, but, uh, you know, at, the fight was good. It was a great use of the Mandalorian toolkit. You know, that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, and then I don't understand why Den waited when he wasn't like, here, like, you, like, you beat the Grievous thing that beat me. This is yours anyway. Did he just like all of a sudden take his thumb out of his ass and be like, oh, hey, by the way, I can use my brain again because my thumb's not in my ass. Again, we've talked about this in the first two seasons right. of how sometimes Din Djarin is it's shown to not be the brightest. His name should all. be Dim Djarin yeah, because he's said that before dim. <laughs> I have because he's I'm pretty, dim. Yeah, I'm certain you said that before. He is touched yeah. in the head. <sighs> all right. So. I will say this for as bad as this episode was overall, it looked fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I'm not going to bash my girl too much. Like, you know, she's two for three. She's, she's still a hall of famer, 66%, you know, hitting six, 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 um, all good with that. Right. Like, it's just, this is the Disney way now. Like, this is the way. We're going to give you a bunch of stupid fucking shit that you don't need in a bunch of eight episode series. Yeah. Um, there is, yeah, there's nothing cohesive and tight about this story. No, about their, about the Disney sir. stories. No, no ma'am. They, there is they, not. It's like they are incapable of doing that. Yeah. And again, I will go back to generally speaking, look at the writers that they select for this. Mm-hmm. And well, I mean, this and, is John again, this Favreau. Is I was about to say, this is with Favreau and... Fo- I mean, again, I, I like season one and two of Mandalorian. I did. I, I like season it has the two same issue. more than season one. I think I did, too. So. It has the same issues of being the side quest and getting taking a long time to get to the point with things thrown in between that can be entertaining or useless. Mm-hmm. And this episode, to me... Other than, like you said, the last first five minutes and the last five to eight eight minutes, you said. Yep. Everything else, everything else in between was absolutely useless, and it absolutely. I didn't like this episode because of that. Even though I liked right the the bookends, and I like where we're how it preceded the story, it carried the story on of what. I mean, I'm they should have gone full CSI Mandalore, Mandalorian with it. I told you, like. Like Bo should have like, like looked at the the droid's body and been like, it looks like there was a malfunction, oh. and then put the helmet on and it'd be like, yeah, 
<laughs> with David Caruso when he would always put the sunglasses back on after taking them off. Um, all right. So out of five, why was Lizzo in this episodes? Yes. Two out of five. A two. Yes. Wow. I overshot. I went 2.61 out of five. I like how you did the 2.61. So <laughs> I'll tell you why. I thought the episode looked really good. Even though it was future Disney World, uh, specifically Epcot Land, um, and there were only creatures that we had seen before, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that we got the um, who's the other um, race on Mon Calamar or on, on Mon Cala. Oh. Oh, the, um, uh, the squiddy looking guys, not the crabby yeah, looking guys. The fighting Chithulus. Yes. Uh, we got a nice little like Romeo and Juliet thing where he's like, oh, well, you know, that was kind of cool. And I like seeing them like feed the captain her fish. And she's like, um, before, you know, the Mandos were like, yeah, no, this is ours now. Um, <laughs> but, 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 um, it was just not good enough to get anything higher than that, in my opinion. And I, I felt oh. like I wanted to reward the things that were well done with mm-hmm. a little bump up. So I agree with you as far as how it looked. I will also mitigate that agreement with the fact that despite it looking good, it didn't feel lived in. No, never. And maybe that could have been the point. I think that was. But we talked we talked about this before with uh, Navarro. Mm-hmm. It did not feel lived in. Despite how good it looked, you have 20 people escaping the pirate attack. Well, yes, I and... will say that. But we did see more people when they were in the like the actual like city, and there were all the yeah. droids. And I think that's the reason. Like The fact that these people, it was, one, it was mob rule, right? Straight democracy, not a constitutional yeah. republic of any kind. Um you know, it, it was mob rule, and these people were like, well, we're gonna, we don't want to vote to turn the droids off because our opulence bask in our opulence um, kept them from from taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, and the droids didn't want to be turned off. What? Wally, I just that just reminded me of Wally. Yeah, kind of. So, but, uh, yeah, that's, so that's why I went 2.61. All right. Are you ready to move on? Yes. All right. So, uh, Ted Lasso season three, episode four, the big week written by destiny. Carter. I don't know how you say her last name. Uh, directed by her directed by, by sorry, written by Brett Goldstein. Um, Roy freaking Kent. Roy, he's here, he's there, he's every fucking where. Brett Goldstein, Brett Goldstein. Uh, so we kick off with Ted and Sassy in the throw, not the throws of passion, but the like the post, like Sassy sneaking out. Is Sassy a three hundred four? Okay, I'm back. Oh, is Sassy a three hundred four? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I want to see Sassy and Ted end up together, though. Yeah, I, I like their relationship. And I love <laughs> What did she say? She was like, dude, you're a mess. You're I'm a just mess. merely disheveled or in disarray or something. She like said, that. it's been three years. I'm just disheveled. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I know. Like Ted, Ted started off in a pretty bad spot in this episode, and I will say, like, I really like the way Jason Sudeikis played this this, this episode. Yeah, I and again because we were both worried about. I mean, there was. Like, I still was think not, Ted's going to kill himself before the season. That's not, how it's going to end. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Stop this. Yeah, nonsense. Yeah, uh, but. Yeah, the first two episodes, it was it wasn't the Ted that we knew, and again, the people change. I, I understand that, uh, and that's not the problem. It's just how this episode, how how it felt, especially last week. But watching him kind of work his way through stuff in this episode was very good. I I, I appreciated that. 
Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, I, you know, the whole Nate thing, the best thing about this episode with Nate was when he was like trying to flirt with that waitress that he likes or hostess that he likes. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't like, and I forget what she called him. Like Martin smelly or something like that. Um, and she just was like, yeah, whatever. And like the manager was like, you know, giving him the old glad hand of reach around. And he's like, you're a manager. I'm a manager. And then Nate, like, it's not even the same thing. It's like, wow, you're a dick. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Nate obviously isn't evil like Rupert is like, that was the thing that we yeah. learned. Like he does have remorse about what happened between him and Richmond. Um, which was like, yeah, and, you know, that was interesting. And again, I, I even said, I, I've said this a couple of times, probably to you once. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, to other people that watch the show, it's that I, I really think this season is going to be that redemption story for Nate. Maybe doesn't mean he gets back with, you know, Richmond because he has his own career to mm-hmm. go, but the way he handles things, the way he treats people in, you know, that's his defense mechanism. As, yeah. as they said in last year, Ted uses humor uh, you know, the doc was using her intelligence and, and Nate just used this, just a nastiness. Yeah. He, he's just spitting. Security. Yeah. Yeah. Although oh he didn't gosh. spit on himself this episode. So that was good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. The Nate stuff was interesting, whatever. Uh, I think it was interesting watching them get ready for the game. Rebecca was kind of annoying. Like she very much was. Yeah. And it was like, okay, like again, like I get it. You don't like Rupert. And like, you know, she did at the end of the episode, she did the right thing by telling Rupert to knock it off, you know, um, with the assistant, like looking out for Bex. But uh, I, I don't know. It was just the, the seeing her all. What's the word I'm looking for? Self-doubting, I think, takes away from her character. Yeah, yeah, and again, like I said, and I get this the is, yeah. Sorry, good. I was just going to say this is where I just said how you know people change, understandable. And I, I remember somebody argued with me about uh, or had a rebuttal as far as why I didn't like uh, Thor, Dumb and Blunder, and how they set Thor back. And I think it was like somebody on a message board. And I was like, this is ridiculous. It's like, and they said, yes, people, this happens. And I was like, yes, it happens in real life. But guess what? This is not real life. So the fact that somebody takes a long time to process stuff or even backslides, you don't necessarily need to show that in a movie or a TV show the same way. Right. So for Rebecca's arc, yes, she could still want to beat Rupert, but continually reminding us this self-doubt is it, it 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 messes up with she's it, you know where we've seen her from season one to season two to mm-hmm. now it, it actually steps on that progress right and the, like like with keely in this episode for example like she she was all like nervous and everything about jack and it turns out jack's a girl and it turns out that jack and mm-hmm. keely are definitely going to be in a relationship by the end of this episode because it fulfills the requirements they need to be nominated for an Emmy. Although I will say this, the way Keely was looking Mm -hmm. at Jamie and watching Jamie and, and and her telling her friend who is another annoying one, telling her friend how like all these negative aspects of Jamie, while they're watching him through the camera, everything, all of that is different, which Mm -hmm. again, also just, I want also again solidifies my my thoughts that Jamie has far and away the best character arc yes, in this show. Absolutely, hundred percent agree. Um, all right, so let's get to the game. So the first the first half they're pretty evenly matched. You know things are are not great. Like they um, West Ham scores real quick at the end of the half twice. And the guys go in and they're all dejected. And Ted's like, well. You guys pump him up. I got to do something for it. I forget what he had to do now. Um, he had to talk to Rebecca. That's right. He had to talk. Yeah, that's right. Rebecca again, stopped him. Took yeah. away right. from what they were trying to do. And so, yeah. so Beard and Brent, Brent, Beard and Roy uh, decide that they're going to show the players the thumb drive that 
Trent Krem found of the hidden camera footage of Nate tearing the belief sign in half because when they tapped it, it had fell apart and cause Ted had never shown anybody that Ted found it yeah. ripped and didn't tell anyone. Yeah. Which shows you like, that says a lot about the integrity of Ted. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so they show them in like <laughs> the Richmond players walking out the way they were staring at Nate. <laughs> he looked, Nate looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they were like, and like they go out there and, uh, just immediately <laughs> start just taking West Ham apart piece by piece, but not in the good way. Like literally went out and we're looking for a fight. It was basically uh, you, uh, uh, a second, a uh, half of one full half of enforcer ball. So I told you ball. this is how, that's how I play FIFA on the PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't go for the ball. I just go for the guy. Um, I don't care if I get red cards or not. Um, but uh, like Zorro or I'm sorry, Van Dam. Van Dam. <laughs> got got a red card you know how hard it is for goalie to get a red card um even sam got in on the action i thought that was that was pretty great yeah um but yeah it was but here's the thing is we were we were curious about what they were going to do to because they had to lose right right they had to lose that game and this was so much better than them getting beat because they beat themselves yes so um yeah, and then uh, you had the the episode end with uh, Ted calling Michelle to be like, "Hey, look, it's it's pretty shitty that you're you're with Doctor Jacob." And I think this is uh, one aspect of Ted that bothered her in mm-hmm. their relationship is him eating stuff that bothered him, like eating it and consuming it and yeah. not expressing it. It's not necessarily it, you don't have to you know react like a, a madman. He just said he the way he did it, just like he handled uh, Beard and Roy when they were like, just yell at us. Tell us we we're you know dumb, yeah. dumb for this. And he was like, dude, you tried something. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, so and the way he handled it, you were talking about his integrity before the way he handled the maturity. He handled it. it, it yeah, there's there are some things, you know, you use integrity and maturity. You don't need to like the, what he did with the belief sign. Right. There are other aspects you actually have to express to people. Right. Doesn't matter your relationship. And the way he handled, I loved how he handled that, where he's like, you know, I don't know. Look, this bugged me. I think it was, I don't think he said shitty, but it like this, this it was basically a pretty shitty thing that, you know, that, that happened that Dr. Jacob is dating you. Doesn't matter when. Mm-hmm. And it bothers me. Right. It really bothers me. I really loved how he handled it. And I was very curious to see her reaction at the end where they, cause I didn't think they were going to go back to her and then they go yeah. back to her and he, she has this little almost smirk on her face, not a smirk, but just kind of like this grin or whatever you want to call it. I, she had a look of, I done fucked up, but holy shit. Ted just like shared his feelings. Yeah. So. And, and that's where I think, which I was actually surprised they showed that with her. But again, I, like he said, we're in this together. Yep. Oh yeah. So yeah, they got their they got their little mandarays. Yeah, that was absolutely something they had to clear the air about, yeah. or it would have just colored every uh, like their their interactions from you know then on. Right. So I, I I really liked Ted where we saw him from this at the beginning of this episode to sharing himself like with, hey, let's go out to dinner. I knew he was going to ask that of Sassy, and then yeah. which did not get the response he desired but this one he wasn't looking for a response right. and again that sometimes you don't you just want to express yourself some, at some time sometimes you don't need the response from the other person so it's, look this sassy is gave him the response he needed yeah that's true yes that he he needs to work stuff yeah. and i think that's that probably had a lot to do or some to do with him no longer eating, like I said, mm-hmm. eating this and then telling Michelle, look, yeah. this really bugged me. This yeah. really pissed me off. Because he was like, I'm not the Ted Lasso you deserve. I'm the Ted Lasso you get. <laughs> and sometimes I'm an idea. I'm vengeance. But then I'm vengeance. 
and then on Batman. Anyway, uh, all right. So out of five overcompensations, what do you give this episode? I give it a three point seven five. I I really like this. I mean, I like Ted's journey. I liked uh, I liked the stuff between Roy and Jamie, and I and and then seeing that at the end where Jamie was actually waiting for him, was ready for him, had his little you know minor or his little spelunker lamp headlamp on already. Again, got, talking about Jamie's uh, where he's going, his character development. Yeah, seeing what you saw about Nate, and you know, again, Nate had that where he was wanting to apologize to Ted, but never did. Didn't get mm-hmm. a chance because he hesitated. And then when he turns back, Ted is gone. Yeah. So Nate's, I, I just really liked pretty much everything about this. Yeah. And the funniest line was the codependency, <laughs> you know, thing that Beer was going to. He's like, "Oh, you're going to, yeah." Uh, Jane dragged me to. Jane's making me go to the codependent. Uh, oh, he said no. Jane has codependency as anonymous. She's making me go with her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which was the second best line on a TV show this past week. Um, the first being the one I sent you from Secession. Um, yeah. <laughs> welcome to. <laughs> congratulations on popping your dis- uh, your betrayal, Jerry. Um, all right, I went three point two five. Um, I am still cautiously optimistic about the direction of the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah I, yeah, I think I'm less cautious and more optimistic, even though I was disappointed with last week. All right, cool. All right, let's move on. Soups and Lolo is back. Yeah, speaking of last week's di- a disappointment from mm-hmm. last week. Mm-hmm. Very, very disappointing episode for sure. Um, just to remind everybody, uh, Daryl gave last week's episode a three. Wow. Of, oh, sorry. Out of five stolen uh, trucks stolen by your girlfriend's dads, uh, Daryl gave it a three and I gave it a three. Um, this week I went with, um, where'd it go? Oh, out of five, don't fuck with nerd dad, uh, nerd dad Clark Kent's. I went a 3.84 out of five. I went a 3.75 out of five. So, uh, yeah, this was a good episode. Like, yeah, there was, there was very limited Lana in this episode, which I think was helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, and it it really, uh, just kind of dealt with the aftermath of Lana smacking the taste out of Sarah's mouth, which honestly, I'm not going to say she deserved it, but but I understand. Thank you, Chris Rock. That is the bit that will yes. never stop giving. Um, so there was that. And, you know, it was, uh, you know, they kind of were like, you know, she was trying to play her parents against each other. She lied to Kyle. Um, mm-hmm. Kyle and Lana did what adults do. They talked about it. And that was great. Like, awesome. Enough said. They all had dinner together at the end of the episode. Um, I will say this. So, I had yeah. a problem with last week's Kyle and how he was, you know, he had absolutely had rights to ask Lana what was right. going on. And he was apologetic. I really liked him in this episode. Yeah. I mean, we, we've again, always been a fan of Kyle. Yeah. Eric absolutely. Valdez in particular. Yeah. So um, I, I really like liked that they yeah. showed him as the strong, a strong male figure. And again, they didn't go with the Lana, you know, or not. Yeah. Lana, you know, jumping. Yeah. Jumping you know, in the super sack. Defensive. Yeah. She basically said, dude, she took mm-hmm. it. She was like, this is my fault. Mm-hmm. And all that. And I liked how they, you know, the family was able to come to terms and not drag this out for right. another three episodes. Yeah. Um, yes, I agree. I would like to see Kyle possibly as Booster Gold. Oh, a little change. I think I think he could pull that off because I think he can be that cocky, like, arrogance. Well, I don't know. Well, he—that's what he was when we first get introduced right. to him. That's in what I'm saying. I think he can be funny. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. So if not that, I don't know what he looks like with his hair dyed black, but he definitely could be like an older version of Kyle Rayner. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, because Kyle is Hispanic, so. Yeah. Anyway, um, not that that's like the only reason, but um, speaking of Hispanic uh, DC superheroes, the Blue Beetle trailer is really good. And ignore the last line about George Lopez calling Batman a fascist because it's a part of a much larger conversation in the movie. And it's taken out of yeah, context which, and it was stupid to put I it in there. Yes, it was very. And so, again, that's where you have to 
differentiate if the character thinks that and it makes sense for mm-hmm. that character that is fine but when you take stuff out of context like it's like they're purposely trying to rile people up and make some people not want to see the movie right take that out of the movie because again it it might make sense yep. in the grand scheme of the conversation yep um so uh the other thing is the director and hell manuel soto um made some pretty inappropriate tweets about it and um you know he like i actually tweeted at him and uh just i was very respectful of my tweet about his inappropriate tweet and he he actually liked what i said so i'm gonna take that as like hey he heard and he is gonna try and do better so um i'm a wait and see I uh, again wait and see, but I appreciate when people react to. And again, you were uh, you read me what you wrote, and that was it was very respectful. Uh, and it, which again, a lot of people tend to forget on social media. You mm-hmm. can still be respectful and completely disagree with somebody, as long as they. And again, the way he handled it, and you know, I mean, again, he didn't say thank you or anything like that, but you know, he liked the tweet. And if I think I don't know him, but. That could mean that, you know, he was like, you know, I might not like this guy, but what I said Mm -hmm. was really shitty, really emotional, reactive thing, which, again, social media is rife with that. And people don't realize sometimes this is not like a conversation. Right. What you say online stays online, even if you Mm -hmm. delete it. So start thinking a little bit more with uh, start responding more and reacting less. Right. Uh, That's what I always say. So. Um, So, yeah. So there's that. Um but diving back into this um, this episode, this was a very good episode for, for a lot of reasons. Um, Jordan and Sam had some really great grandson, granddad moments in this episode. Um, Sam doing the thing that he does where he, he uses false pretenses to get people alone with him <laughs> to then yeah. get them to do what he wants. Um, when he tries to have Jordan get a haircut, which dude, Jordan, you need a fucking haircut. Yeah, you absolutely do. Um, it's a little bit of a mess. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I will say the way it ends up with the two of them, he gives him his super suit and I'm really waiting for Jordan to be yelling at Jonathan or Lois. Where is my super suit? Gosh. And then saying, it's for the greater good. And I want Jonathan to say, I am the greatest good that you ever going to get. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but no, I do want to see what the suit looks like. I, there's no pictures of it or anything that have leaked. So um, I'm kind of excited. And I like that he gave him the goggles, which is kind of a throwback to a couple different early versions of Superman in like more modern comics. Um, one being Superman, um, American alien. He had a costume like that with the goggles and things. Um, the, the Superman movie with, um, Superman versus parasite that we really liked, um, from a couple years ago, like he had the goggles on at first. So, um, this should be interesting to see at the very least. And I like the fact that they're moving the Jordan Kent Superboy along. Yes. Um, I am going to be honest. I'm less and less interested in the kid playing Jonathan. Yeah. Um, I, I don't like Michael Bishop. I'm not, I'm not bashing dude. It's just, he doesn't, he doesn't have the same like earnestness that, uh, that Jordan, um, Jordan Elias had Elias. Yeah. Um, it's, and, and it's like the, yeah. what I was saying before his mannerisms, he's got it down, mm-hmm. but almost, and this is kind of, this is a tough situation he's in where, you know, you have an established character from two years you know, mm-hmm. that's been on the show for two years. Yeah. 30, and 30 plus episodes. To, yeah. Yeah. Not trying to make this character a clone, but, also not trying to make this character a totally new character you have to find that balance and i think there are times yeah. it's almost like you know where we have 
uh, say the instance of when we talk about the bionic woman, how the, like the actress just felt very wooden and stiff. And mm-hmm. her best episode was when she was able to use her real life accent. And that happens sometimes when people are trying to mold this character into something that they don't necessarily do well. Like with her, she doesn't, she was struggling. She had, she was trying to focus more on her American accent than she was acting. And sometimes, and again, this is only a few episodes. It seems as if, you know, this, the new Michael Bishop is trying to capture what Jordan Elias did. Right. While, and he's, he's, and it, it comes across as a little bit more stiff. Yeah. And and again, that's we wouldn't have this problem if he was in this from the start. And yeah, I don't know. It's tough for him. It's I, really uh, tough. I, that's why I'm not knocking him. No. And but I was trying I, to I, think, I agree with what you're saying. I was trying to think about how they could change this. Right. And my thought, I, I kind of my thought keeps coming back to they should have changed his wardrobe. So instead of, how he dressed a little yeah, bit. like change how he dresses, like get rid of the chain. Like he looks like he's cosplaying as Jonathan. That, and that, part yeah. of it, part of it is because his hair is so dark, um, mm-hmm. especially in comparison to, to Jordan Elias. Um, and I, again, like I, I just, I'm not, I wasn't like super feeling it. I don't think he has the same chemistry with the girl that plays Candace. Mm-hmm. Um, which the other thing is, is Candace, if like, if Clark and Lois are really good parents, they're like, Candace, you need to stay away from our son. Jordan, you need to stay away from her. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. because Jordan ends up with a hell of a black eye from Candace's dad. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and here's Lois. She has her first treatment, everything. And, you know, Jordan comes home and, he's trying to slink upstairs and Lois is like, what's happening. And then they figure it out. And Lois goes and try and takes, tries to take care of it. Right. And I'm not saying Lois made anything worse. Like she absolutely didn't, but like he pulled a gun on her and you know, she's a chemo patient at this point. And like she got home, that was too much for her. Um, but when Clark finds out, this was my favorite. When Clark finds out, this is this is what I was talking about when I said this is the most Superman they've done, not in the entire series, but in in like the last like maybe handful of episodes minus the finale of last season. Um, mm-hmm. You know when he went and he collected the sun and he was like, "Yeah, Here, take more Super I, Saiyan." I love. That. Yeah, that was great. I love that. So, but he goes and he confront confronts Emmett Otter in the uh, in the bar or in the restaurant, in the diner, and everybody's there. And he's like, I don't want to do this. Let's go outside. And the guy's like, I'm not going anywhere with you. And he's like, then like takes a swing and pushes, tries to push Clark. And like Clark just like stands there. And it's like you said before we started from the Man of Steel when that guy was uh, trying to mess with with Henry Cavill's Superman. Um, But then Clark takes and like, you know, dodges the punch, puts his head ginger like literally like gingerly puts it down right but then because it's cardboard to him right and he he looks like and then like emmett's trying to get up and you can see clark has just like basically got like half of a finger on him um yeah but and, and again it goes back to the justice league unlimited series finale when superman is talking to dark side and like batman had just avoided the omega beams and you know Dark side and Superman are going at it and, and you know, Dark Side's impressed with Batman and Superman's like, Yeah, it's because he's never gonna quit. None of my team are gonna quit. And, you know, that's because they're mortal. They're 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 able to be hurt. They're able to die. Me, I've got a different problem. I live in a world that's made of cardboard. I have to be careful not to lose focus for even a second or I'll I'll hurt or kill someone. And he looks at Dark Side and he says, "But you, you've got a different problem. <laughs> you can take it. And this is a rare opportunity to show you how powerful I really am." And then he proceeds to punch him once, punching down, mind you, and yet punches him up into the air through like five buildings, and then like comes around and double axe handles him down into the ground. Um, but this is the thing like this is this is the restraint that clark shows it would have been great for jordan to see that yeah i think yes i think i i think it really took away 
didn't take away. It didn't take anything away from the scene. Let me rephrase that. I think though it would have helped Jordan to understand the power that he has in him. Yeah. Because we've seen Jordan. And again, I know this was back way back when, but Jordan would, would have killed a guy when he tried to punch him. If it wasn't for Jonathan mm-hmm. putting his hand in the way. Right. And Jonathan got maimed. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I mean, he, he was maimed and you know, um, the other the other thing that was like Jordan like has shown some maturity, but then like he froze the guy's G wagon. Yeah, you know. So, um, okay. So the last thing, well, oh, I guess the other thing is the uh, inner gang had stolen some of Superman or gotten some of Superman's blood from the DOD, and that was an interesting yeah. scene because you saw where Superman was cracking a little bit, just kind of under the weight of Lois's cancer. When they're like, well, we have to destroy it. Well, we're we going to destroy it. And he just lights it all on fire with his heat vision. He goes there, it's done, and walks yeah, out. He's like, problem solved. Problem had, solved. He's like, I've had enough of your government nonsense. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so then the John Henry stuff was really interesting. And it was sad. And like, Natalie wasn't in this episode hardly. I don't think she was in it yeah. at all. I don't remember seeing her. Um, but we meet his sister, Darlene, more so than we have than we did with Lois. And um, it was it was a really interesting reunion for them, and we learned that John Henry has actually been keeping tabs on her and his his whole family, um, mm-hmm. while since he's since he's gotten here, and you know he goes to see her because he wants to know more about what's happening with like Bruno Mannheim and and you know Inner Gang, and then Inner Gang kidnaps him. You know, and and he does the Tony Stark off of Avenger Tower, so which was pretty great. Yeah, it was pretty great. Um, I really like the steel suit. I mean, I've I mean, I've been on the 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 steel suit train from the beginning. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I kind of wish it had a cape, kind of, but I get it. Edna mode, no yeah. capes. Um, and I love the scene where yeah he saves Darlene from the mm-hmm. bomb, and then he goes. He talking about restraint. He, mm-hmm. the restraint he had not to kill Mannheim instantly, which right. he could have done very easily. To have that restraint, and you, and you know, Brun Mannheim knew that he was, you know, he he thought he had the cards, but he knew, if yeah, I don't play this right. He could still kill me, and you could mm-hmm. see it in his eyes. Yep. And because when when Steele left, and then he kind of like you know, you know, shrugs his shoulders to get you know get some of his. <laughs> his mojo back right which i thought that was a, i thought that was a very good scene as well mm-hmm. and then um the way the episode ends ends is lois decides she's gonna sign up to do her treatment at his hospital Mannheim's hospital in hobbs bay so you know like this is a good like continuation into this so um david ramsey's directing the next episode um, it's called head on. So I'm assuming Lois is taking this head on, um, obviously, but so that's, um, that's in a week or while on the 11th, whatever. So in a few days from when we're recording this, but, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So, um, but there's only two, two more episodes until the mid season finale. Um, I and, it was too good to and so it's it's uh April eleventh, so next so next Tuesday, and then April twenty-fifth, so there's a week off in between there. Um but you know, like I said, we'll see. So I, I think this was this was a nice return to form. Absolutely. So even though it was uh, I know you watch it next day, but this because of the uh I think the Columbus game, Columbus mm-hmm. Wild, I think, uh the hockey game or the Blue Jackets or whatever they're called. The Blue Jackets. They played the Wild. The Minnesota I think Wild. They played the, yeah, they played the Wild. Uh, yeah, it didn't come on until 10 o'clock. So I turned uh, it on at like 9, and I'm like, yeah, wait a minute. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I just do the season pass on Apple. So anyway, all right, let's get to my favorite, my, my, my pick of the week that for a show that's not called Succession. Um, Picard, episode 8 the penultimate to the penultimate episode. Um, so I want to get it out of the way just because it's going to make me laugh when I read it. But out of five, Jordy and data totally did it. Ah, <laughs> uh, what do you get? It? Uh, <laughs> okay. I don't know why that made, uh, even though you told me already, <laughs> I, 
I, well, because I, I texted a, you after I knew you'd seen it, and I was like, they yeah. totally fucked. <laughs> yeah. So it, uh, I, give, I give this a 3.85 out of 5. Interesting. Interesting. I went 4.12. Yeah. I, I This was a, just like pretty much everything except Mandalorian, this was a return to form. Mm-hmm. For what we've gotten this season so far. Well, I feel like the Mandalorian is is in man peak Mandalorian form. Let's just put it that way. I think season two is gonna be the uh the best. No, it's gonna it's gonna be the outlier. Oh, I see what you yeah, the outlier. Okay. So which I honestly think Picard well, no, I don't think this is the outlier. I mean, this is dumb. I didn't watch three. any of season two. I hated season one. Yeah. I hated it. I hate watched it. I went. I went on the the, the now defunct everything is permitted, which is ironic, um, podcast and, and bashed it for a second week, like second time that week, because like yeah, um, so they they did they wrapped up they well they started tying up loose ends. Yes, um, I did like. I think my favorite thing was when they ripped off Avatar: The Last Airbender, Ang versus Ozai, with Lore versus Data. Mm. Um, but I really liked the I liked the way they handled it because Lore was like, "Oh, your your feelings mean something to you. <laughs> I'm gonna take them. They're mine now." And it's like, in doing so, spelled his own doom and became Data. Yeah, I so. I I got I got to admit I I absolutely love that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I was getting a little tired of lore in yeah. general. Well, I mean, lore but, lore has a very limited shelf life of interestingness. Yeah, he does. So he does, and I think they used him well in the next generation. They only used him a handful of times. I think he was like, like four episodes, maybe of seven so, seasons. Yeah. So, yeah. So this I, I really enjoyed. Uh, one of my favorite things about this episode. I'm exhaling now because we don't have to worry about Vatic and just mm-hmm. the. Uh, I just Amanda Plummer has done some good stuff. I think Amanda Plummer was the wrong actor for this role. Yeah, I I I tend to agree because, like I said, I I, there's there's been some good stuff she's done in her career. There is nothing I liked about this character. Nothing. Nothing. From the start. The jump. From the start. (laughs) Yes. And watching her get broken apart on her own ship. (laughs) was so awesome it was so awesome i know and what a great little like secret thing to have like it's 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 fun to think that every starship has that little escape hatch yeah yeah that was really cool i liked it i liked it a lot um i uh i don't know i so the stuff with Riker and troy where with, with deanna at the beginning when she's like, oh, well, you should have seen how charming your doppelganger was. And she was like, great yeah. in bed, bad at pizza. <laughs> it's like, oh, so just like me. <laughs> no, I, I really. There, there was no weight you slept. There was no doubt that she didn't sleep with him, right? But yeah. Yeah, yeah because she said, I knew right away. Right. Uh, but I, I wasn't sure how that was going to play out, but I ended up liking it. Because it, again, at first I thought they were. You know, we talked about it last week. Like, oh yeah, this is not the real Deanna. Yeah, but I'm glad it was they, because it brought them back together. Yeah, and the way they showed it, it was the, the back and forth they had, which kind of proved that okay, there is no way. I don't care how good you are as a doppelganger or as a you know, yeah a changeling, you're not going to have that that knowledge that she has and that right. back and forth. So that was a, a, in a doubt and. Again, talking about one of my favorite lines is when, and I, I know I'm jumping ahead, but I have to talk about it. When Picard, um, Crusher, and, you know, and what was it, Worf and Raffi get to the uh, engineering with Jordy and his daughter, Jordy was like, like what, what did you give me? And he was talking about the wine. Oh. And then Picard rips on his taste in so, wine. You always had a horrible that taste made me, in wine. That, that made me laugh out yeah. loud because he there was such a uh just like an elitist way he said oh, yeah. it too like there was the disdain it was <laughs> it was the most french thing he ever did in any of in any of star trek um that was great yes and then uh i liked uh i liked rafi going full like 
Ronin Samurai, like actually going full Ronin from Avengers uh, Endgame on yeah. the uh, on the aliens there with her her little dual mini swords. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. So, I mean, I've, it was a great payoff always, for all the training her and Worf did, and then are and, now. And I love, and yeah. he even he's even critiquing her. Then he's like, yep. "You're still doing this with your right arm or, or yeah. your right right side." She's like, "What are you talking well, about? They're down." Because she left herself open, and he had to kill that last yeah. one. So. You know, yep. it was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it was interesting. Um, you know, they found the OG Picard deadness, um, missing part of its brain. So that's, uh, that's interesting. So, and the um, whole Jack thing, uh, again, I really like Ed Spillers, mm-hmm. uh, like the way he's playing this. I am, I, the more that we're doing this, the more I don't think he's necessarily a changeling. I, I don't know what no, he is. He's been to the upside down. We've been over this. Oh, he oh, is yeah. Will yeah. from you? Like, you did because I've been telling you this for weeks. Yeah. But and he's Will from from Stranger Things. This is the Stranger yeah. Things Star Trek crossover. So I, I re- again, I like his character. I like that they did not over. And again, we're talking about restraint. We are we're always doing that because so many dramas don't know how to have restraint. But right. Sid- Sydney was kind of, okay last week. Sydney was a little bit scared of him mm-hmm. after he invades her mind to save her, which that is a natural reaction. But she gets over it in, in this episode where you know he's trying to explain to Picard and Crusher like I can do this, and she's like, he's right. He he did it to me. He saved my life. Right. And I I like how they got through that. Right. And he also he also I like how he also um channeled his inner leia saving han solo as well with the thermal detonator <laughs> right well but it wasn't really a thermal detonator yes. that was the beauty of it it was a force field right um which was even better right um but yeah i i don't know like i liked i liked the little game of um i mean it's like crew roulette that they that vatic played that was probably the most mm-hmm. evil it was the first time i believe she was truly evil and it it was the it was the one time where I couldn't stand her, mm-hmm. but in a positive way as right. a villain. Yeah, you bought into the you were a mark for her healness this time. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right. What did you give this out of? Would you? Oh wait, we did that part. Um, yes. Out yeah. Three point eight. Uh, yeah. I, I, like I, this is the first above four that I've given anything in a while. Um. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just really like this episode. I like this season. I like where it's going. I think at the end of the day, we are going to look at this season as greater than the sum of its parts. I I can absolutely. I, I so I see that. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the next two episodes on April 13th and April 20th are um, Vox and The Last Generation, both directed by... Terry uh, Matalis, Matalis, mm-hmm. um, who also writes the finale. He's the showrunner. And yeah. episode nine, Vox, is written by Sean Trada and Kylie Rossetter. Rossiter? Roster? Anyway. Um, and but yeah. I will say this if he gets another Star Wars series, I will absolutely watch. You know, he was the showrunner for episode for season Star two Trek, as I mean. well. Star Trek. Yeah, but he was the showrunner for season two. But this is the thing with season two; um, those the Star Trek buffoons, like they had a, a the executive producers, mm-hmm. from what I read, were heavily involved in this. Okay, they 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 have writing they have EP credits in this season, but it was pretty much a hands off approach. And again, this is just from what I read about why you know the season two to season three changes. Okay, that we you know, cool. The, Meaning season three actually feels like Star Trek and season two was a puddle of a puddle know. of Wesley Crusher or Will Wheaton, if you will. Well, I'm sorry. Will That's Wheaton. Too bad we didn't see his death. I know that would have been great. I hope he got disintegrated so there was no body. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just thinking about how cool that scene would have been to watch. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> anyway, yeah. all right. Uh, on that note, do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I do not. Okay. Well, probably going to try to see Mar- the Mario movie this weekend. Yeah, I kind of want to see that. 
It's so. a BU. Oh, that you know what? Actually, real quick before we go, uh, John Leguizamo is boycotting the Mario movie for white people because it's got white people in it. Never mind the fact uh, that the little Latin boy in drag there was, you know, appropriated an Italian character. Yeah, I, I like how he doesn't understand that part. It's because he is too stupid. He needs to just stick to letting people write what he says and stand and move the way they direct him to do it and shut the fuck up. Yes. So, of course, they're not going to ask you to do it, dude. You're an idiot. Yeah. Also, um, I, I'm sorry to say that uh, this is one of the things of not seeing season two. Evidently, Wesley is alive, but he is on another dimension with the Travelers which are a trans-dimensional group of overseers existing on a higher plane, ensuring the steady flow and stability of the timeline. It sounds like Wesley went off on, like, a homosexual, like, vacation. Anyway. All right. On that note, fuck Will Wheaton. I mean, no, yeah, fuck Will Wheaton. Anyway, all right. Uh, on that note, we'll see you all next week. Later. See you. Bye. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Infamous Podcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamous podcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons who are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.